0: Well, you guys can be seated, and uh, I'm going to welcome to the stage the Spears. You guys come on up here, and uh, you know, I've always wanted to be Jimmy Fallon, really just for his salary more than anything else, but (laughs) I always love having the opportunity to interview these folks that are out doing the uh, the work of the Lord, and honestly, no kidding, I love doing this because a presentation is a presentation, and it is great, there's no doubt about it, but I have... Uh, I have the opportunity and the honor and the privilege of getting to know people. Usually when they come in, they spend a little bit of time at our place, in our house, and uh, we get a chance to host them. And had an opportunity to host the some folks that I've known kind of from afar for a while. But um, we've been supporting as a church for a while as well, by the way. And uh, so we are proud of that and excited about having them here. So you can put names to those dollars that you've been donating and we're sharing around the world. But. I'm always excited to do this because this gives you a little bit of an opportunity to kind of get to know the people behind the work, and a presentation is always good. There's nothing in the world wrong with that, but this is an opportunity for you to get to know them and uh, just kind of introduce them to you, and uh, you'll go away knowing these wonderful people and uh, how God has worked already in their life and how he's at work right now, so Uh, let's welcome them once again this is Daniel and Kate Spears all right give them a hand all right is everybody on with the microphones and y'all are all set and ready to roll you good all right very good y'all know that I don't normally give up the Britney Spears mic just easily So you know this guy's a good guy. I thought you might be a diva. Um, so. <laughs> Definitely a diva. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you guys, why don't y'all tell a little bit about yourselves and maybe a little bit about your family? We've got pictures, and I'm just going to kind of tell Colin to go through. Uh, we're going to be jumping around, but this is a picture of your family. Yeah. And uh, why don't you guys, uh, I mean, aww, isn't a beautiful family, right? And by the way, if I call Kate, Katie, uh, that's kind of how I first got to know her. So if that happens... I'm making a mistake, it's totally don't you fine. make that same mistake, so. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, Kate and Daniel. You guys just tell me a little bit about your background, introduce yourselves to the folks and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're the Spears. Um, these are our three kiddos up here on the screen. We left them home with grandma this weekend and this is the first time we've really traveled without them. It feels very strange, but um, we're enjoying the extra rest. So the oldest in the middle is Audrey. She's eight and in the third grade. Oh, she was born in Tennessee. And then the middle curly one is Anna Lee. She's four. <laughs> and she's
0: all the trouble that you think oh she is my. from all the stories. That story. picture says everything. Speaking of diva, I
1: mean, yeah, she she was born in Tokyo, Japan. And then the chubby one is... We don't have a, like
2: individual. Of him, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, the chubby right.
1: one, the little man, is Owen. He's 10 months old, and he was also born in Tokyo, Japan. And then we um, we have a secret fourth baby on the way. I was gonna say, this is not not the
0: actual whole family because we actually have an additional family picture that we wanna share. I believe it's uh, slide number six, if Uh -uh. I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah, there it is, right there. Isn't that cool? (laughs) My goodness. How many of you guys haven't had an ultrasound in like decades? Anyone in here? You know, it used to be like, here's an apple shaped thing in your stomach. I think it's a baby. (laughs) Clearly, this is an amazing picture, and how far along are you guys? Uh, not you guys, you. Not you. I'm, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing the work, work here.
1: About 14 weeks. So, uh, oh, awesome. yeah, they've told us it's a little girl, so poor little Owen's going to be the only little guy <laughs> in the family. But she's already got a cute little nose, and we're um, surprised, but very, we're thankful for her. And um, you'll hear in a second that we don't take – children and their health for granted at all. Yeah,
0: yeah, Absolutely. And uh, Daniel, you pretty much knew you were gonna marry this woman pretty much right off the bat. It was really, yeah,
2: it was really quick. I was a senior in college and she came in as a freshman and I was like, I'm not gonna be one of those guys, you know, (laughs) one of those senior guys who's like, oh no, here come the freshmen, I'm gonna on the new ones. Yeah, oh yeah, I didn't wanna be one of those guys. But then I met her, actually it's kind of a funny story, her mom had just dropped her off at college and had just walked away. Um, and she was going, she wasn't going to see you again. She was getting ready to go back to Japan. So they just had a, an emotional goodbye and everything. And then like, here I come like up and I've, I've got like this bicycle. Like I was on a bike and I had this flashing light and a goofy looking t-shirt on. He had a you know, clown
1: horn a, on his bicycle. Just an idiot back
2: in college. And so I come up, and I ride up, and I'm like, hey, who's this girl? So um, anyway, we started talking, and uh, I said, so where are you from? And she said, well, Tokyo, Japan. And I said, Tokyo, Japan? I'd love to go there. And she said, yeah, me too. (laughs) She she was not excited about having to transition to the States by herself. But we we hit it off really fast and um, ended up getting married um, in, well, it was a couple years, two years after that, I think, so... Yeah.
0: Well, and and so you guys have kind of mentioned it, and we've kind of jumped around and hit on it and kind of dodged it a little bit, not intentionally. But you've had a very unique upbringing. Yours is a lot more similar to most of us because you grew up in Arkansas, right? Well,
2: uh, I was born in Arkansas, Northeast Arkansas, and then my parents moved to Middle Tennessee when I was very little, probably about Owen's age. And so uh, I just grew up in Middle Tennessee and kind of claimed that as my home home life, but yeah, hers was a little bit different.
0: Yeah, and and so those of you who probably know, but maybe you don't, we don't only have the college at Randall where I graduated from, where the Philip and Linda Bender and Tatum and Haley Hilton and a number of, you know, Mitch, my son-in-law, my daughter Taryn, you know, all of these folks have graduated from Randall. There's a similar university uh, in the Nashville area that is also connected to our, our our. group, our denomination, the Free Will Baptist denomination. So we have Randall University in Oklahoma City and what is called Welch University in um, in Tennessee. And that's where you guys met was there on the campus of Welch. But you were not quite from Middle Tennessee when you grew up. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: <laughs> um, so I was born in Tokyo, Japan, like two of my Kids um, spent some time up in Hokkaido, the northern island of Japan, and then most of my teenage years in Tokyo again. And um, so I'm doing—I was doing what my kids are doing now: spending three or four years in Japan, and one year in the States on furlough with my parents. Um, my parents are actually still there in Japan. They've been missionaries in Japan for 35 years now. Their names are Donnie and Ruth McDonald and um, I'm super proud of them, I love them, but as a teenager, I decided that this was not the work that I wanted to do because it was just too chaotic, all the moving and you don't know what country you belong in, you kind of forget like what color you are and like you're just, you know, it's confusing. And um, so I decided I'm not gonna do that, it's not for me, I don't wanna raise my children that way and then, you know, God stepped in and had other plans, so. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, and and I thought it was really cool, actually, because as we talked and got to know your story a little bit, it really wasn't you that suggested that you guys should be missionaries. It was actually you.
2: Yeah, uh, it was the Lord was kind of working in both of our hearts at the same time, just in completely different ways. Um, I was going through a process. I mean, we had gotten very comfortable in Nashville. We got married and then, uh, we're working with a small church plant and then started working with another church doing music. And, and so we were just there. I I had a really good stable job and we were at that place where we were getting ready to like, we need to put a down payment on the house and establish roots. Like if we're going to pursue this, but, um, yeah, the Lord had other plans and uh, through the ministry of, of a lot of different people kind of all at the same time, uh, the Lord began to burden my heart for unreached peoples, uh, places and people groups that do not have access to the gospel. And uh, we'll share a little bit more about that. But um, yeah, all that happened at the same time that, um, around the same time that the, disaster, the triple disaster happened in Japan. And so Kate was deeply impacted by that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you all remember, a a little over 10 years ago in 2011 was when the largest recorded earthquake hit the eastern coast of Honshu in Japan, so the same island that Tokyo is on. And so the earthquake caused a huge tsunami, which caused nuclear meltdown at one of the power plants. And so that's why they call it the triple disasters. And uh, my family was there in Japan. I was here in the States with Daniel, we were married. And um, man, I don't know if y'all remember watching on the news or not, but it was just horrifying. Like beaches that I had been to in the summer with my family, just you know being covered with water. And um, I'm watching it in the States, right? So there's news anchors speaking in English, but in the background I hear Japanese voices And who that got me, I could hear people, adults yelling, run, get to high ground, the water's coming. And I could hear little kids say things like, where's my mom, I can't find my mom. And oh, it just broke my heart. So I cried for about a week straight. God was really talking to me. And it's like I could really hear his voice saying, hey Kate, you grew up in Japan, you love Japan, you speak Japanese, you know my son. What are you doing here in Nashville in a city with over 600 churches? And I couldn't really get away from that question. Um, So then a couple weeks later, Daniel comes up to me, totally unrelated, and he goes, you know, I've been thinking and praying, and I really feel like we need to be involved in full-time ministry, maybe somewhere overseas. I was like, all right, okay, God, I get it. This was the thing I didn't want to do, but... That's what you want me to do, so we'll do it. And that was the beginning of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so real quick, I'm not going to be preaching today. This is as close as it's going to get. But, you know, we were talking for uh, about a six or eight-week time about Lionhearted. Remember our Lionhearted teaching series? And this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Lionhearted. And it's not like, hey, these are two superheroes, although I'm— huge fans and I love it and I'm impressed beyond words seriously but ultimately it's two people who have a skill set you know it's not that they're the you know most talented people in the whole world but they're available and they they hear the voice of God and they don't find reasons to not do what God's laying on their heart he lays something on their heart and they're like Let's do this, let's start moving towards this and and as the Lord empowers and opens doors, we're going to keep moving and i I want to bring it back to the challenge that I've been trying to give you guys for a long time and that is that ultimately God's work gets done by God's people. He could do it all himself, but he chooses to use and partner with us. and these are two just normal people. now she's not normal because she's from Tokyo. I get that. <laughs> this guy's as normal as they come.
1: I don't, I don't know slice bread.
0: No, seriously, all all kidding kidding aside, it's just normal people. And growing up in Tokyo is like growing up in New York City. It's just a different place and a different continent. But it opens a door. And what has God given you in your history and your background? And how can God use your specific skill set to be a blessing you know, he didn't give you those things just to say, hey, this is a cool little tick on my resume. This is an opportunity for you to use this to impact the world. And the problem for most Christians is we don't say, how do missions get done? We just assume that somebody else will do it. How does encouragement get done? How does stuff around the church get done? It's normal people doing normal things and just making themselves available and following through. And what's incredible is God has revealed himself, and this is one of the beautiful things, that God has revealed himself to you guys in incredible ways. We're going to talk about that now, I guess, kind of shifting into that. But let's, let's, show, uh, let's show slide number 11, if you don't mind, because uh, this, well, that's slide number 10 right there. That is the New Life Church, yeah. and then this is the city in which they are going to be serving, you guys have already served a couple of internships, so to speak, in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and now you're heading up to Sapporo, and that looks cold, yeah, it's cold. to me, yeah, <laughs> that looks cold. cold. So tell us a little bit about Sapporo and how you guys kind of went that direction and what that's all about.
2: She can tell you a lot more about living you know, in, in that uh, climate and environment, because she lived actually there, close to where we're going to be doing the church uh, as, as a child, so very cold, uh, a lot of snow. You have to get spikes on your shoes. You have to prepare to leave the house like an hour before you need to leave of like just opening the door and clearing the snow out and, you know, getting the car warmed up and all of that. So it's, it just, uh, the pace of life is a little bit slower because of that. Some, especially some times of the year, according to Kate, but, um, yeah, so we were planning to go to, um, to be missionaries in Tokyo. Tokyo is the biggest city in the world, uh, around 37 million people in the Tokyo metropolitan area. Incredible. And uh, so we were there. We had served two different uh, two-year, well, one two-year term and then a two-and-a-half-year term in Tokyo. And uh, while we were there, we had no plans to go anywhere else, but during a field council meeting, we heard from some other missionaries who were serving up in Sapporo. And uh, they... The, the place where they're serving is sort of on the outskirts of the city, so it's not right in the downtown area. But um, they were talking, they were just discouraged. Uh, they were up there doing a church plant, but uh, the church was sort of regressing. They only had a couple of people. It really needed to be restarted, but um, they just didn't have any... Uh, vision or, or anything like that left, and it was sort of a, a difficult place that they were in, and so we just reached out to them, uh, we started talking about it, like maybe we should go up there, because they hadn't had church music at all in uh, at least a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody could play any instruments or anything, and that's something that we can do, so uh, we talked about doing that, and I reached out to Doug, and uh, Doug and Miriam, I think, did you, did you put the picture of them and their family in, or no? No. Uh. I don't
0: believe maybe I not. I well, I don't believe I have that one. There's
2: another family. Um,
0: actually, let's go to slide number seven. Maybe they're there. I'm not sure.
2: No, that's my language school class. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, but they're great people too. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so yeah, I was. Uh, we we talked to the missionaries that were up there and said, hey, you know, what about c- could we come up and work with you? What do you guys think about that? What's your plans? And they said, actually, we've been praying that you <laughs> would come up here and work with us. So we're restarting that church uh, when, we, when we go back, uh, and the, the plans are to kind of have a fresh vision, a new team that we're putting together, and we're just praying that the Lord will bless in, in all.
0: In what all. a cool thing to be the answer to somebody's prayer. I'm telling you. I'm telling <laughs> That's you. That's awesome. Let's go to the next slide, and slide number 12, uh, and this is actually, you can kind of see, and you pronounce it sapuro. Sapporo. Sapporo. <clears throat> So I'm, I'm
2: saying it wrong. She speaks Japanese better than I do.
0: You're, so. you're in language school yeah, learning Yeah, I'm it. in language school. Maybe she just grew up knowing it because of her background, which Sap-puro. is really cool. Sapporo. Sapporo. Yeah. <laughs> sure. To my ears, that's how I said it the first time. It's okay. It's probably not right. If you are a Facebooker and you want to stay connected with Daniel and Kate Spear, uh, you can literally look for the group Daniel and Kate Spear in Sapporo. Close enough. Hey. <laughs> and and they, they have a, a, a number of people that are a part of it. Now, you'll notice that's a private group. They're just trying to keep the trolls off. Y'all know how that is. got to keep the trolls away. Yes. And so they would love for you guys to be a part and join in and be a part of the things that are going on. And they do a really good job of staying connected to the people that are a part of the church. Uh, that they're, you know, uh, that's supporting them. It's Church Universal, all of us, and uh, what a blessing it is. So, um, yeah, that's the Facebook group, and uh, you can be a part of that support as well. Um, So we talked a little bit last week uh, about how as we follow the Lord, the Lord reveals more and more of himself. You know, when sometimes we're seeking a blessing, when we are a blessing, then we receive one, you know. And um, you guys... I I would never ever ever call what you've gone through a blessing and yet at the same time you have a very great insight into who God is and his power and his amazing ability to intervene in people's lives and and really flat out it's a miracle. I mean we talked about it we we've, we've got some things that we're going to be sharing with everybody. We've got some you know, information. And I would love for you guys to tell that story because I think so many of us as Christians, we're not living close enough to the Lord to see his amazing movement, but he's moving. We just uh, need to be paying attention. So I know this is an emotional story, but if you guys would kind of share a little bit about uh, what happened with Audrey and, and I guess you're intertwined in there as well, Kate.
1: Yeah. um, We can talk about this story forever, but we'll try to keep it so when our daughter, the oldest one, the one with the glasses, when she was three, almost four, yeah, there she is, uh, when she was three, almost four, she got very, very sick with bacterial meningitis. At the time, I had just had our second daughter. She was a newborn, and it was a, a freak thing where when she was about a month old, I woke up one morning after having a migraine all night, and I woke up and I couldn't see out of my right eye. And the doctors in Japan had a certain diagnosis and the doctors, I called a, a friend in America and they had a different diagnosis and um, it ended up that I went with the baby to the states to get injections in my eye. It was a certain drug that they didn't have in Japan, but they did have in America. So while I'm gone during this time, little baby, um, just very concerned about my eye. Audrey gets very sick, she's home with dad. And, um, she got to the point where I mean she had high fever forever she couldn't walk. Um, we ended up taking her into the hospital
2: yeah, and uh, yeah, so basically she was her so all this happened in Japan mm-hmm. while we were serving there uh, at the end of our first term, so that was back in 2017 is that right yeah I believe the uh, the spring of uh, 2017 so we had only and then shortly after that is when all this happened so um, yeah, while she was in the states, I was taking care of her, and uh, she was, you know, throwing up a lot, high fever. I was alternating between acetaminophen, children's acetaminophen, and ibuprofen, according to the doctor's recommendation. Went through an entire bottle of each, and I just could not keep her fever down. And we took her into the pediatrician multiple times. So the day that they came back from the from the states, um, she was in really bad shape. I mean, she was just. In in, intense pain, um, you know, just...
1: Couldn't lift her head off the pillow to even tell me hi after being I had to carry
2: her everywhere. And so the next morning, we took her to the uh, pediatrician again, and I said, something's wrong. Um, And we eventually, he referred her to another hospital. We found out... By by the time we moved her to that other hospital, she had all the uh, indications of meningitis with a, you know... uh, Stiff, like pain, in, in, uh, stiff neck, just intense pain in her head. Her hands um, and
1: feet turning purple. Hands and purple. feet were starting
2: to turn purple, and uh, just a really dangerous, it was bacterial meningitis, which is the da- more dangerous version, as opposed to viral. And uh, so they admitted her into the hospital, and that started a seven-week um Hospitalization in Japan.
0: So she was in the hospital for seven full weeks. Seven full
2: weeks. Six of that. Six of those weeks, she was on an IV the whole time, and they had to do two spinal taps. Um, there were times where we um, we would uh, just have to stand in the hallway for up to thirty minutes at a time and just listen to our 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 daughter just scream, you know. And uh, it just, I mean, it does something to you, to like, you
1: know, do a trying to start tap the IV
2: or... or do the spinal tap. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, we got a lot of medical people in our congregation and you know, I mean, it's just difficult to yeah. deal with the children like that. Mm-hmm.
2: To see your 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 daughter go through something like that is, is hard, but um, the hard already was compounded by her eye issues mm-hmm. and the postpartum depression she was going through. And then um, right after we put her into the hospital for the meningitis. They, we noticed that her eye was like, kind of wandering around. It just looked wrong, something was weird. So they did an MRI, which isn't normal for meningitis. And uh, the MRI, uh, I think it's this one right here. Yeah, slide Um,
0: number 13.
2: So this is the, they did an MRI and then the doctors brought us in and they said, so your daughter has a three centimeter solid mass behind her eyes and uh, they said it might be cancerous, we don't know, we don't know what it is, but we need to do a biopsy, so we're going to send her by ambulance to this big hospital in the middle of downtown Tokyo to do a biopsy on this, and it's very dangerous. If they mess up, they can hit the back of the ocular nerve and cause permanent vision loss and damage. So at this point, we were just beyond, we were just so done already and it was felt like it was just starting. And um, we started asking people to pray.
1: Mm. So I, um, I was riding with Audrey in the ambulance. They only let one person be with her, but we're riding in the ambulance to downtown Tokyo. It took a good two hours to get there because of traffic and they've got the sirens going the whole time. Audrey is just delirious from all the hardcore medicine that the, she's got running through her little body. And I'm sitting in the ambulance and I'm just looking at her and I'm praying. And I'm not normally like this, but I felt impressed to pray that this tumor or mass or whatever it was would disappear. So I'm writing on my phone in the ambulance and I put on Facebook, would you please pray that this tumor would disappear? And all of this is happening in Japan for a reason, will you pray that it, it will disappear so that people will see, in Japan, people will see how great God is. And I'm not normally one of those Elijah calling down fire on an altar type person, you yeah. know? But I, it was just God telling me to do that. Yeah, and
2: uh, you know, we're, the, the, theologically you have to pray for God's kingdom to come. And I think that part of praying that God's kingdom would come and break into the present is praying for healing in, in circumstances. But you also have to pray that in the context of God's will being done. Sure and so that's part of the I mean I've prayed and we've experienced loss and we've prayed for people for healing and the healing didn't come but that doesn't mean that God's not good Mm -hmm. it just means that you know you have to pray for everything to be done within his sovereignty and I there are parts of that that I still try to wrap my mind around and I I'm not God so it's hard for me to deal with that but um anyway we felt impressed to pray and so three days after Uh, this MRI was taken. They, she was at the new hospital and they took a new MRI on the second machine and this is that MRI. And it's, it looks different. It's a different machine um, system that they use, but you can see there are three like lit up little areas that are there. And uh, so what was once a solid mass if if you had taken that other picture, previous one, and looked at it on this machine, all those three lit up areas would just be solid lit up uh, right there in the middle. So now what was kind of solid there uh, has already started breaking up. And so they started... Um, saying okay well we're going to wait a few weeks on this and we're not going
1: to do a biopsy yet because it's not just yet it is risky
2: and we don't want to damage anything so we're just going to wait a few weeks and so we had a few weeks extra and we were asking people to pray and so when the two weeks passed and it was time for the next mri uh, we sat in her hospital room and holding her little glasses and i prayed specifically that if the Lord would heal her, if He was going to heal her, that He would do it in a way that shows the Japanese people that God is God, that God is one, that He is God, and there are no other gods but Him. Um, to do it in a way that would show to the Japanese people that. And then, um, then a few days later, we got the next slide back.
0: This <laughs> is totally gone.
1: It's gone.
0: Uh, <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Let's give the Lord, <laughs> the Lord a hand on that. I mean, there. wow incredible yeah. the onco- I, I heard this story last night and i
1: cried again <laughs> <laughs> crying again we cry a lot about it too. <laughs> um the it's oncologist amazing. came in and brought us this slide and he said there's nothing to biopsy yeah and i'm talking to him in japanese daniels i'm translating for him he's catching what he can and i said so is the tumor gone or does it just look like it's gone from this particular slice of the mri It's been Japanese up until this point, right? And then he looks at me right in the face and he says, no, disappear in English, disappear. The very word that that
0: that you said. I
1: put on Facebook and I said, okay, God, I got it. It's gone.
2: Yeah. And uh, that is still, you know, in the middle, they kept her in the hospital for a longer period of time because of the bacterial meningitis, trying to make sure that that didn't come back and regress. It's a much longer story. Uh, We had to pack up and move back to the States in three days um, because of the medical situation um, and move her back into the American medical system, trying to get an answer on is she healthy, is she not healthy, dealing with lots of other difficulty in the middle of that. Her eye was still, while my daughter was still in the hospital after that, she had to fly back to America, get another injection, and then fly back to Japan the next day. Because they couldn't do that procedure in Japan. And so uh, we were just, I mean, we felt like we were just crushed mm-hmm. through all of that. But we never lost our hope. And we never lost the call to uh, um, share Christ with the Japanese people,
1: you know.
0: And um, what an incredible story. And then you guys came across a passage of scripture that yes. just silly <laughs> it's just silly how it is. amazing it is and, and i wanted to put it up on the screen it's going to be up here on the screen it's from second corinthians chapter one verses eight through eleven and it's just crazy he read it to me last night i was like it feels like you guys wrote that
2: <laughs> we could have written that um and it, we've seen this passage before but it never stuck out to us and then here we go you know uh, paul writes we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia Asia. we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself indeed we felt we had received the sentence of death but this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again On, on him we have set our hopes that he will continue to deliver us if as you help us uh or as you help us by your prayers that's uh number 11 sorry <laughs> as you help us by your prayers then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many mm-hmm.
0: and
1: uh and when we say prayers isn't that incredible
0: many? i mean it's just like literally word for word every single word applies to you guys as can we give the Lord a hand? I mean, that is awesome, right? It's incredible, and um, God gets a hand for that. It, yeah, it, yeah, it Everything,
2: in all the miraculous and everything uh, that we give God the praise for, ultimately, uh, we, you know, we try to point to Jesus. I mean, we try to point to Jesus in everything, and uh, I, I'm praying that God will continue to uh, compound this and use that situation that he went through to make good come of it and to point so that we can say yeah God did this but look at what look mm-hmm. at what God has already done in Jesus and the hope that we have in him and and that's it was,
1: there were so many things we could talk about it forever one thing I didn't even get to share with your pastor yesterday is while Audrey was in the hospital she had her fourth birthday she actually accepted Jesus because yeah. <laughs> uh, she was talking about why does why does it have to hurt all the time and we said I don't know, but Jesus hurts too, and he hung on the cross. Like, that hurts way more than an IV, and he did that because he loves you. And she gave her life to Jesus. She said, Mommy, can I pray to follow Jesus? Yes, you can. And then she started witnessing to the nurses and the doctor, telling them, Hey, do you see that when you listen in my heart with the stethoscope, do you see that Jesus is in there? (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, it was amazing.
0: Kids, kids say amazing things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, on that thing, you mentioned some of the contexting of the gospel, because, you know, we have different values than they do there in Japan. And, you know, I didn't really think about it. Obviously, the gospel is the gospel. But the, the incredible thing is, is Jesus is the savior of the world. Mm-hmm. It's not just the savior of America and everybody has to embrace the American value system. There, there's very, very different value system, but incredibly, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, as well as his word, speaks very specifically to them and, and the things that really they value. And I wanted you to share it because this is what I'm talking about, you know. They are wonderful people, but also trained to share a cross-cultural situation. You, you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. Why don't y'all just take and run with that for just a quick minute, and then yeah. we'll, we'll yeah, move on.
2: There's a, the example that I, that I was talking about last night. Is I was tutoring um, a, a couple of younger boys while I was over there with English, and also able to teach the Bible some in those lessons. And... Um, So the older boy, we had just basic English conversation uh, before we would get into Bible lessons or or things like that. So uh, one of the questions I asked him one time was, if you saw like a, you know, a hundred dollar bill on the street, would you take it and keep it for yourself? And he said, "Uh, yeah, I think I would. uh, But, you know, I said, whoa, you would like, I, I was surprised, like, I, I, you know, because in my mind, I'm, I'm like, the act of taking that is wrong, you know, from, from my background. But I said, so if somebody saw you pick it up and take it, would you take it? And he said, no, I wouldn't take it. So it's really, it's a shift in understanding because uh, really shame and honor come into play so much more than guilt and innocence, Whenever you're over, uh, there's actually a really good book that, I, that we always highly recommend. It's called 3D Gospel. And uh, if you can search for that, I think it's on Amazon, it's on Kindle, but it's called 3D Gospel. And it talks about how in different cultures, different places in the world, the gospel, that it's already in scripture. So you don't have to try to change this to fit different things. It's already here. So you start with scripture and then you look out and you're like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Um, but there are frameworks that you can view uh, when you look at different cultures. There's guilt and innocence and shame and honor and then fear and power. And they're different. Each culture is a, is a mixture of all of those in some degree. But when you when you go over to Japan, shame and honor and fear and power are, are the two um, areas that are more prominent within their way of thinking and their way of living. And so uh, then... Basically, when we, when we preach the gospel and when we share the good news of, of Jesus with people, we want to share the gospel in a way that really addresses the, the, the needs and the hurts and uh, the places where they realize that they're broken. And so to talk about, you know, if, if somebody sees you doing something that's wrong, you know, you feel the shame. Well, you know, God sees everything that we, that we do. There's nothing that we can hide from him. And just like Adam and Eve, When they sinned in the garden, they tried to hide themselves because they knew that they had done something wrong. They were trying to save face. And uh, God knew that they had done something wrong. And he called them out and brought their shame into, into the open. But then God takes that extra step of grace and he clothes them. He clothes their shame. And it's just already a picture that God is going to clothe us in our shame with his son's righteousness, with Jesus. And that's the picture, the beauty of the gospel, and you can just begin to open that up, and hopefully that people will see that, and they'll know and see and taste and see how, how beautiful Jesus
1: is. Mm-hmm. And that really speaks to the Japanese heart more than if you say, um, you have done all of these sins that are wrong, but Jesus with his blood makes you clean and innocent. That doesn't really speak to them as much as saying, you've been, you know, there are things that you're ashamed of, and Jesus, even though he had done nothing wrong, put himself to open shame. He was naked on the cross. He did that for you because he wants to raise you to a place of honor with him, with God the Father in eternity, and so that, like, bringing somebody into a place of honor, becoming a son Uh, That really speaks to them more than, we talk about like courtroom stuff in America more like you were pronounced guilty and now you're pronounced innocent. That doesn't really make them, give them all the feels, you know. It doesn't
2: resonate at the same place that it does here. But that's not a bad, I mean, that's not, it's not that that in and of itself is like, it is a right way to present the gospel. But I think that there's a way to present the gospel that resonates with and that's it.
1: why it's called the 3d gospel because yeah. it's they think of it as like a gemstone and there are different um, facets and so we're not saying this is a different gospel it's all there in scripture everything we talked about is scripture it's just a different you're coming at it from a different yeah. angle
0: yeah and you're and you're speaking to the very heart of the Japanese culture mm-hmm. because they honor and value things differently than we do here mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the same that you know, bleed over, but there are pieces and parts. And what I love is that you guys are not going there to try to convince them to be American in their mind and their thinking. You're meeting them where they are. They're Japanese people with Japanese values, but there's nothing in the world that prevents them from asking Jesus to cleanse them from their sin and give them the eternal life that he promises us. And that's beautiful. And, you know, I'm going to kind of end here and just ask you to share a little bit because this goes all the way back to the Old Testament as well as in Acts, and you were going to share a little bit, and then we're going to kind of close our service together. But yeah. um, we're going—I'm going to have you do that in just a second. Okay. But first, let's talk very quickly. Um, I, I have a QR code, and if you don't mind if any of you guys are interested in following uh does this go to your facebook page or to your giving page that will go to our uh
2: the website page and uh, our our mission is actually in the process of of redoing our website but the information that i sent them is already up on the page so it's going to be the most recent information prayer requests and ways that you can learn a little bit more about who we are and what we're doing and um, on the on the website page uh, there's also a place where if you want to give so that we can go back, uh, then there's a place where you can do that. Now, your church already, as, as uh, your pastor said, your church has been giving for uh, a long time now, and we're so thankful uh, for people who give consistently and allow us to stay on the field. And we don't have to worry about our finances while we're there and working to share the gospel. So.
0: Well, and, but I also know that some of you have not necessarily been involved in that. It's just been your normal tithes and offerings. And we support because it's an important thing. We ask for you to give your tithes, but we as a church try to tithe as well, that 10% that goes outside causes and goes out. And so that's an important principle that doesn't just work for people, but also for organizations. But if you feel especially led to be a part of what the, the Spears are doing, they're in Sapporo. Uh, Yeah, in Sapporo, please be a part of that. And you knowing them, knowing, putting names and faces with the place that they're going, the way that they're presenting the gospel, these wonderful kids and this beautiful family, and doing so in a way that God has clearly called them, clearly given them opportunities to share more of the gospel. You can be a part of that. And for some of you, you might not, you might just want to give a little extra and mark that and say, please give this extra $20 a month to the spears, or please give this extra $50 a month, $30 a month, $100 a month, whatever it might be Mm -hmm. that God lays on your heart. I'm not here to tell you what to give, but if you're interested, please do. Act on what God lays on your heart to do. We're not all called to go somewhere, but we are all called to be involved with the people that are going somewhere Mm -hmm. to go out and share the gospel. And so I'm not called to go to Tokyo. I'm called to support those who are. And so that's my part in accomplishing the Great Commission. If the Lord is laying that on your heart and you want to just kind of consistently take it up and say, hey, each month I'm going to give a little extra. And you want to do that, mark that in your Easy Tithe app or on your check, and we'll make sure that they get that. And, uh, and if you're already giving, you're already supporting, but maybe the Lord is laying on your heart to do a little more. Also, too, we already heard, praise God, that prayer works miracles when they are needed and everything that is done according to God's kingdom work needs to be bathed in prayer. Mm -hmm. And so you, even if you say, I cannot give, but I can pray. I know that they want that as well. And I would encourage you get on that Facebook group because truth be told, the more you're connected, the more you're likely to pray and be involved. So please do that. And this is your way of being involved in the mission of what the spears are doing. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, prayer. Uh, there's a famous quote. I can't remember who said it, but prayer is the work. And uh, we go out and we are called to be uh, disciplined and disciple makers, but uh, prayer is the work. Well, let's let the Holy Spirit go before us and do his thing. And uh, we'll come along and, you know, plant and sow and reap and just do, you know, the work that uh, is required of us, but at the same time, just give him all the praise for everything and anything that will happen. So
0: let's go to, let's go to a couple of slides very quickly. Just, uh, the, the slide number seven, slide number eight, uh, this is just some opportunities that you see that they've had a chance to do some, some work and teaching and okay, before you preach real quickly, the crazy thing that just blew my mind is these people in Japan, they are so into gospel choir. Yeah. Seriously. Now, look, listen. You guys remember Sister Act? Y'all remember the movie Sister Act? That was a big hit in Japan, right? Oh, yeah. And ever since then... J- the Japanese people want to be involved in like a singing choir group, just like Sister Act, right? Mm-hmm. And there was one other as well.
1: Uh, the Preacher's Wife. The
0: Preacher's Wife, right. Yeah, so. And even, even Kanye West.
2: I mean, we were, we were getting ready to sing some Kanye oh, before coronavirus hit. And it was going to be awesome. We're going to have I a mean, Sunday service. It was going to be good. Go back to
1: the slide right before this one. That was our, our gospel choir over there. <laughs> so that's one of the things that we did. This was before corona. I don't have to explain that y'all know we were meeting together and all these uh mostly women poor daniel had to sing tenor by himself it was all good but yeah we were singing all these gospel songs and um, i got to explain you know what we're singing about and read from scripture and say hey this is what this song is talking about and pray over them in japanese and it was just honestly one of the biggest privileges of my life you know when you step into a new ministry thing and you're like the pastor was telling us about this last night when he first started teaching in the church you just step into something and you're like yes this is what god made me to do it was one of those experiences and i just loved it and it was pretty disappointing when corona shut it all down um, but if you want to know i'll tell you after the service but if you want to know how god continued to work through people. Despite, uh, despite gospel choir being canceled, there were still people coming to him anyway, even when my plans didn't come to fruition. So. Awesome.
0: And we're gonna have you guys go out here in just a minute when we sing our final song, you guys will go out into the lobby and have an opportunity for you to meet them, to talk with them, to ask them questions, and uh, just meet and, and give encouragement and just be a blessing to these wonderful people and um, Daniel's just going to share a few minutes of uh, some scripture from Isaiah, I believe, and mm-hmm. uh, from the book of Acts. So yeah. I'll turn it over to you. So um, I get
2: excited about this. So if I start, you know, if, if I start getting too crazy, just, just let me know. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty reserved usually. Um, but I think a lot of times when we think about missions, we think about the Great Commission. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good place to land, I think, when, when uh, we think about what God's doing in the world and our part in that. Because in Matthew 28, Jesus sends his disciples out to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I command you, and, lo, I'm with you until the end. Basically, is what Jesus says to his disciples right before he goes back to heaven. And so, in the tradition of what he sent his disciples out doing, we continue that tradition to take the gospel out to the nations. And actually, our organization, uh, I Am Incorporated, used to be Free Will Baptist uh, International Missions, but uh, the mission statement is to partner or to labor together with the body of Christ to fulfill the Great Commission. But I think what I've found, at least personally, is it helps to not just have that focused view of God's great mission in the world, but to kind of take a step back and to take the broad view of what God has been doing throughout all of history and to realize that Jesus Christ is the glorious center of all of that. But His glory then reveals the glory of the Father. So, uh, the place to see that, I think, one of the best places that I've been shown uh, where you can see this, is starting in Isaiah chapter 49. And uh, there are two verses in Isaiah chapter 49. Now, this is a prophecy that is talking about Jesus. So this is written, I mean, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of years before Jesus would come. But this, I think, encapsulates what the heart of God, the, the great mission of God in the world, and in theological circles, it's called the Missio Dei, that what God is doing, in, in the world and what he has been planning since before the foundation of the world. And so uh, starting in verse 5, and now the Lord says, he who formed me from the womb to be his servant. So uh, basically this is the servant is talking about Jesus. So when you see that here, that's Jesus. To bring Jacob back to him and that Israel might be gathered to him for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. And then in verse 6, this is, this is the key verse. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. So when you see that, it's too light a thing. Basically, that means that it's just not a deep enough, it's not a heavy enough, a weighty enough thing that the servant just restores the people of Israel. So basically, what you're seeing here is the weight, the full, like, heaviness, as opposed to the lightness, but the heaviness of God's mission in the world that is coming through the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. And the full weight of that rests on who Jesus is. It rests on His character. So Jesus is immensely glorious all right, there, there's never been, I, I like to think about this, there's never been a time throughout eternity past where Jesus has not existed. Mm-hmm. It's one of those mind-blowing things when you think about it. Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father have existed in perfect community from eternity past. He has not been created. He's not contingent on anyone. Right. Jesus, it, the Bible says that everything that has been created was created through Him. I, that, just think about that. Everything, not only in, in our world and the amazing scope of, of what that means, but when you start to think outside of that and you look out into space and our strongest telescopes can go on and on and on and we just see space and, and we're looking out into the, into the depths and thinking, wow, we're just so small compared to the immensity of this, but the immensity of that was, it was created because of Jesus, Like, he's at the center of that. And Jesus is the one that God... He's the, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He's at the center of everything in the heart of God that he's doing. And you see that Christ in the Old Testament, like I, like I talked about when God clothed Adam and Eve, and uh, the prophecies there about uh, the serpent bruising your heel, but he'll crush the head of the serpent. That's Jesus. And you start to look and you see him, Christ in the Old Testament, and everything like Paul in the New Testament points all of these Old Testament scriptures and reroutes them and shows the Jewish people, yeah, this is, Jesus is the one, He's the Redeemer, and then He comes in humility. Jesus Christ, God, become, became flesh and emptied Himself and came, and He, and he dwelt among men, and we saw His, his light, and we look and we, and we see Him in the New Testament, and we see the, the power that He exhibited over nature, over death over sickness. There's nothing that can stand in the way. He has, like we say, He has no rival. He has no equal. Jesus Christ is unmatched because He's God.
0: Amen. That's right.
2: He's all-powerful. He's humble. He's full of humility and compassion. He's gentle and lowly in spirit. His yoke is easy and His burden is light, and yet He gives us the courage and the ambition and the um, energy and the focus and the, and the joy and, he, and everything that we need to be able to look to Him and to model our lives after Him, He left, He ascended to the Father, sent the Holy Spirit to dwell with us so that we could have that continue abiding connection to God and, and life, new life and fruit that, that, bears all, that bears witness so that we can point people to Jesus. That is the life call of everything. But all Amen. of this yeah. movement is going to culminate in Jesus Christ coming back and setting up a new heaven and a new earth, casting out all death, all pain, all suffering. No more children will have to hurt mm. Amen. We won't lose loved ones. That's right. And Jesus will be at the center of that. Mm-hmm. And we'll look around the throne... And there will be a lot of people with faces that don't look like mine. Mm. And there will be a lot of languages spoken that aren't like mine. Because Jesus is glorious. It is glorious for the nations. And we'll all together praise and say, Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. And because Jesus is so glorious, how much more glorious the heart of the Father who sent Him to redeem us. It's too light a thing. I will make you, this is a continuance, it's too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So here it is, God's heartbeat, the mission of God, the great mission of God in the world right here encapsulated in in these verses. But this verse is quoted in Acts chapter 13, and I want you to see the connection to this because it's so vital. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, uh, Paul the original, the greatest missionary that ever was, um, well, they were going out and they were preaching in the synagogue as was Paul's custom. So he would go to a city, and they were at the city called Antioch and Pisidia. So Paul and Barnabas, are there doing their missionary work. They had gone into the synagogue. Paul was teaching and telling them about Jesus Christ. And he's a f- fulfillment of everything that's in Scripture. So, starting in verse 42, as they went out from the synagogue, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. And then in verse 44, the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered together to hear the word of the Lord. that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. In verse 48, right after that, and when the Gentiles heard that, heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed, And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. So you just see this beautiful flow of the heartbeat of God in the world going from the Jewish people, God, the Messiah coming out of Him, out of the Jewish people, being crucified, rejected, raised to new life, ascended to the Father. He sends out His disciples to all the nations. You see the gospel here going out to the Gentiles. And they rejoice and they rejoice. It's for their joy that, that we go and we take the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ to people who right now, unreached people who do not have the ability to share the gospel with their own people. That's why we have to come from the outside and help them, and we want to see by God's grace and and. We're praying for a movement of Japanese people reaching Japanese people with the gospel because we, we see the end and we see how glorious Jesus is and we know that at in the new heaven and in the new earth forever and ever and ever his praise is going to be echoed again and again and again and again by people from all over the world, all languages, all tribes, all tongues, praising together Jesus Christ, the glorious one who conquered sin and death. And because he conquered sin and death and conquered that for us, we have hope and life that can never be taken away. And that is everything. He is everything. God the Father is so good in sending him. And we have restored a relationship with him. I could go on and on, but I probably need to stop. But I'm telling you, get a hold of that. Get a hold of that, because as the gospel spreads through your community here, and you are are sharing the gospel with them here, it's all tied together. It's all tied together, because we're all going to be together, all these nations and tribes and tongues, people that you've never met in Japan, you're going to get to meet in God's great kingdom that's coming. So we get to be a part, you get to be a part, and we just give God all the glory for that, because it's all due to Him. He's worthy of it.
0: Amen. So, why don't you have a quick word of prayer in in Japanese. And uh, then we will pray and we'll sing our final song.
1: スペイン語 人々とアーメン。And
0: heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this opportunity to have the Spears here with us, and we thank you for the work that you've called them to do, the way that you have revealed yourself already to them, and the work that you are yet to accomplish in the new place and the new life church that they're going to be serving in. It is our privilege to know about their, their work, but it is also our privilege to partner with them and most importantly with you. Bless them as they go out. Give them rest. Give them peace. Be with their growing family in every way possible. And may EHC be a blessing to them as they go and accomplish the work of the Great Commission, the work that you wanted us to do all of history past. In Jesus' name we pray. In